Hello, everyone. Welcome to College Knowledge. On our show, we'll bring you conversations with guests from around the college arena, informing you about the application, admissions, and financial aid process, showcasing different schools' identities, initiatives, and programs, and giving you a candid look into your universities of interest through open conversation. It's our way of providing an education in higher education. This week's episode will be a crew show, with Dave and Joe discussing what holistic college planning looks like and sharing what they've learned about the college planning process, both through their experiences with their own families and through working for years in the college planning arena. Thank you for joining us. All right, good to go. Welcome, everyone, to College Knowledge with Dave Kozak and my featured regular guest, Mr. Joe Kearns. You know, we do a lot of conversations, Joe, on this show about uh, college-specific subject matter, and we talk often to different variety of guests from, you know, the sports arenas in higher education yep. to deans, provosts, vice presidents, admissions officers across the board, and, you know, we... I think we take for granted sometimes uh, what our profession and specialty is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been something that um, more recently than ever has, has, it's gotten traction. I think people are starting to realize that, you know, the, the college planning as a standalone business in the financial and the academic world is, is a very real thing. Um, you know, I, I remember when I started, I used to get the, we didn't even know people like you existed mm -hmm. and, and that still happens from yep. time to time. Right. But when, when I go out now and I talk to people, it's usually cause they're seeking us out, right. whether it's through, you know, they've heard about us online, whether it's social media, whether their friend told them, there's a lot of people that are now seeking this. And I, and I think it's indicative of the fact that higher education is as expensive as yep. it is, right? It is a giant burden. So, you know, you're, and, and, we, and we talk often about this because it is, it is our profession. Why do you think college planning as a business and the way we do it in particular mm -hmm. with the academic side of it, with the, the services that we offer, why do you think it's such a big thing for families? Well, I think at its core, it's that parents want to help their kids. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, one of the things that you learn about is up until a certain point, you know, everybody has been saving for retirement. Mm -hmm. And then you have this college bill. And when you start to really dive into it, it's something that gets pushed off a lot. You know, kids are expensive and the younger they are, the more expensive they are. And then as things get, you know, they get a little bit older, things get pushed to the back burner. And then you're going to be staring at a, a huge bill right in your face. And the real interesting part that, that exists with college is that it's not like retirement where it's something that you can push off. You know, hey, I'm planning on retiring at 62. Well, if I don't have the money to do it, I can push it back until 67 or I can work till 70. Mm -hmm. Your son graduates high school at 12, you know, 12th grade. There's a set day, you know, that you need to have a certain amount of money for. And if you don't have it, you're going to borrow it. And I think you know, now just over the years of with the rising costs and with the horror stories that you hear of how much debt kids are graduating with and, you know, what certain families have done in the past, I think people just don't want to become almost a victim yeah. of not planning the right way. So I think it's, it's you know, parents, again, we, we all want to do what's best for our children, 
but it's becoming a, a point of yeah the amount that this you need to plan properly and if you don't you're going to be a horror story you're going to tell other people like okay do what i didn't do yeah. rather than oh what did you do oh you figured this thing out um because you get that a lot yeah you know i know when i sit down with people and we talk real numbers and we we go through strategies and plans they end up saying well how is it that people afford this how do they do this you know it's i think it's a curiosity but it's really it's it's a fear and you know wanting to be able to do what we can for our children and and the fear of not being able to do it i think is what really drives it well, i think there's this other concept too that you know if you use the public school system well, your taxes are paying for that, so your your kids are going. There's no bill to it, essentially. I mean, you got to pay for ancillary mm-hmm. expenses and stuff. And if you choose to send your kids to private school, it's a choice you're making, and and you're cash flowing it typically because most people haven't. It's not like they've saved money to send their kids to private right. school or middle schools or whatever. I think it's the the truth that um, you when you get to the college component, you could have not really had to invest money in an education up to that point. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's a massive investment, no matter what it is, right? You think about the family that, that makes $100,000, $150,000 a year, and all of a sudden they've got to spend that in four years mm-hmm. on college. Um, you know, that, that's a, it's a big ask. And so, and I also think there's, there's this, this uh, you know, burying your head in the sand component yeah. that a lot of people like, yeah, it's, it's far away, you know, and as parents, both of us, like, my my oldest is turning nine, and I remember the day she was born. I've got four kids, and it's like shoot, half of that half of the time I had to save for college is over. Right. Right now I got to up to Annie, and so and I think there's this other this. It's not coincidental. It's it's how legacy is, it goes, but generationally speaking, you know your highest income years are also your highest expenditure years. Mm-hmm. So as you start to earn more, your, your spending rises to that of income. Yep. And so if you're not strategically saving across the board, um, as your income goes up and you continue to increase your lifestyle, right, you can squander some of that money. And, you know, if, you're, if you lose, you know, half of the, the child's uh, early years in savings, you have to double down in the latter mm-hmm. years. And so it, it kind of catches up quickly to people. So I think, and I've always said, and, and I think you and I are see eye to eye on this. It's the first time that you, you pay to play. It's real. Mm-hmm. You want to go, you're going to pay. And right. it's not based on your kid's income. It's, you know, to some extent it's based on their academics, but that's all based on school choice, right? right. You could be a brilliant student and choose to go to the most competitive school in the country. And you're not going to be brilliant compared to everybody else. You're yeah. going to be on par, right? And you're not going to get that academic money. I mean, there's schools out there. The Ivy Leagues are, are in, in general, there is no merit money. Mm-hmm. So no matter how good you are, everybody that goes is a merit student. Um, and so I think it's that that first time that people face, hey, you're going to pay. Yeah. And it's also the first time that people realize, well, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. And what I do based on this decision will affect the next 20 years of my financial life. Yep. So I think all that kind of snowballs into college planning is really the first time you're going to be asked to spend. Mm -hmm. Every other time it's a choice. You choose private school, that's a choice. You buy a bigger house, that's a choice, right? You buy a car, 
it's a choice. Do you buy a Toyota Camry or do you buy a Mercedes? You're making that choice. Yep. You know that your spend is double one way or the other. Um, and so I think that leads into a, a great continuation of this conversation, which is, you know, state school, private school, that mm-hmm. whole thing. And, you know, how many people have you sat down with that have said, um, we're, our kids going to a state school? Right, because that's going to be the cheapest. Yeah. That's what they've heard for years and years and what they were taught, you know, years ago. Um, and again, for some families, that's the truth, but for a lot, it's not, yeah. you know, and you know, when you kind of in this line of work, when you see, I, I remember I got brought into this cause, um, somebody once showed me, it's like, Oh, well, you know, you can help your families where they can go to university of Pennsylvania for less than they can go to Penn state. And I was, that blew my mind. Yeah. And then when you realize how the system works and you're going, and then you actually see it work, you know, yeah. that's something else, you know, when, when you help families and, and you realize like, okay, like we're going to Penn for $13,000 a year, you know, great student. But again, none of that was merit-based. That's all, you know, that, the financial need side. And so, you know, there's a lot of myths that involve, you know, with college planning, you know, if you don't talk to an expert that knows how the system works, again, you might be limiting yourself. You know, and obviously, again, we don't want that for our kids. We want the best for them. Well, if the best is a school that's got a sticker price of, you know, close to $80,000, originally, you know, you would say, no, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Hey, I, we don't have the money. We're not, we're not going to invest that amount in a, in a college education. But then you say, well, if it's as much as the state school. Not, I mean, look, and again, some state schools are phenomenal, especially depending on what major and what you're looking to study. But if you want to, you know, really give as much opportunity that exists to your kids, you know, don't eliminate certain schools. You got to know how the system works. And that's where, hey, you see it. Private schools do not just because that sticker price is there does not mean that's where they're going to ask you to pay. And kind of understanding that game can be can be life changing for yeah. families, you know. And, and you know. The, the funny thing that I always thought about college planning or financial planning and being a college specialist or being, you know, there's specialization in all areas of finance, mm-hmm. right? And so there's some people that are bond specialists. There's some people that are stock specialists. There's, there's different structures in those businesses. And this college specialist thing is, a, I think, a, a, a very wise approach from the standpoint that it is, like, it's not that we don't plan for retirement. We don't plan mm-hmm. to sit every decision you make around college will affect those things. So you better make this decision properly first to have a, not have a negative effect on the other side. And I think there's this, this continued specialization that people are starting to realize it's not just about money mm-hmm. in this game. Right? And I think the uniqueness of our organization is that we brought the counseling in, we brought the student services in so that now not only are we doing you know the financial side of it and trying to figure out strategies for that, but at the same time, we're helping a child make a sound decision on schools. Not only are we helping the child, but we're educating the parents on that. Yep. So it's the combination of not just college or finance; it's college and finance, yeah. right? It's the admissions and the finance the whole thing. And I go back to a comment you made about specialization, or I guess I made about specialization, but the idea that you know. Up until I got into this business 10 years ago, and I really started to dig in, I always thought a, a college specialist was, you know, someone that understood the nuance of like 529. Yep. I mean, that was what was talked about. Yeah. If, you th- if you look back to early 2000s, I mean, they were the hot ticket after the Coverdell education, savings account, mm-hmm. all that stuff. 529. So, 
you know, you have people out there, and, and I have no problem with 529s. They're a very applicable uh, tool for certain people. Mm-hmm. But they're not just the end-all, be-all of the whole thing. Just because you, you have one doesn't mean college is handled. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've sat with over the last 10 years that have had, you know, twenty thirty thousand dollars in a five two nine, and then they've got three kids. Yep. And you're like, well, okay, I I really appreciate the fact that you saved, but how far does that get you in to pay for twelve years of higher education? Maybe one year mm-hmm. if you're lucky, um, and then divide it by three kids. So now you've got you know a third of one year for four kids. Any way you shake it, it's it's a twelfth of the total mm-hmm. overall. Uh, nut that you're going to be asked. So um, let's dig in for a second on the the academic side of this. Mm-hmm. How important is it to understand, in your opinion, to understand not just the financial components because we know that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that understanding how money works is an important thing. But you know, talk about the swing that you've seen, like the, just the experience you've had and the, and the people that you've dealt with, like. You know, I, I've seen swings of fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year in college expense. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. So, and and I think I want to relate that back to the academic side, the admission side. Like, how important is it to bring that stuff together? Well, I think you know when I always looked at colleges, it's about finding the right fit. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, as part as much as financially, obviously that should be part of the equation. Right, emotionally and academic, it has to fit as well. So, you know, when you ask about academics, are we looking at, you know, how important is it to make sure you start getting good grades as freshmen because that's when they're going to start seeing you? Are we looking at, you know, what's the academic rigor of what courses you're taking? I mean, academics can have a lot of different um, meanings behind it when it comes to college planning. You know, what courses you take in high school, uh, what potential, you know, major you may be uh, looking into and then what colleges, you know, how do they view? Right. I mean, colleges have a vast array of who they accept based on GPAs, SAT scores. Um, This is all where I always talk about it's it's planning properly is is finding what is a good fit. You know, you you don't want to overshoot and basically have a list of schools that all you're looking at is Ivy League, but you don't have a shot of getting in at any of them. You know, you also don't want to undershoot and say, well, you know, hey, I'm only going to apply to a couple of schools where their acceptance rate is, you know, 90 percent um, because then the school itself might not be a good fit. You know, I think academically, one of the things that I've realized is how competitive schools have changed, you know, since my, the time that I went. I mean, I remember God when, you know, SATs, if you got a perfect score, it was like maybe two or three in the country. You know, was was a thing, and now that is. I mean, there's certain schools where it's almost like you needed a perfect SAT just to get accepted. Yeah. Um, the the amount of knowledge that exists in today's day and age uh, is completely different than years ago. Um, and I think that schools want to see, you know, especially if they're they want to be competitive and they want to get the best students possible. They want to see what kids do with the knowledge and what they kind of do with the resources that they have. Um, and obviously that starts, you know, we don't always think about college planning, maybe freshman year of high school, but that's when this thing starts. And you need to, you know, be on top of, hey, I can't get a poor GPA freshman year because it's going to struggle to pull it back up. And then also think on the backside, you're applying to schools the beginning of senior year. 
You know, so it's your freshman year is going to be looked at grade-wise more uh, than your senior year grades will be. So you really have a three-year span. So if you have one year in there that struggles, it's tough to bring it back up for those other, you know, sophomore and junior year. Um, so, I mean, academics obviously plays a huge role in where you're accepted, you know, what type of possible merit-based scholarships can be awarded to you. Um, so it's obviously a huge role, but it's, it's part of the picture. You know, it's a big part, but it, it's, it's still, it's, it's part of the, the, the big picture. And I think that's, that's a huge differentiator uh, in the college planning arena, right? It's, is, do you understand the finance of it? And then do you understand the academics and the actual institutional knowledge you need to uh, apply, not just the financial, but the, the academic stuff? So when I look to qualify a college planning specialist, right it's do they have both sets of tools at their disposal to make this thing work right it's all well and good to be able to build a nice financial plan mm -hmm. and i respect anybody that can do that and it works and it's it's thought through and it's it's meant for cash flow when you need it it's meant to be able to afford the things that you've laid out but because there's so many people out there that say they specialize in college the differentiator to me is the companies that actually have the services that go along with the finance, mm -hmm. that go along with the strategies and the planning and all that stuff. Um, and that is, you know, if we come down to the nuts and bolts of what I consider a college planning specialist or, or a true company in that it's, you're not just looking at the money, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're looking at the effect decisions about school and about admission and about grade coursework and all that stuff have on that overall college affordability component. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, call it what it is, it's about money. But at the end of the day, if you're simply thinking about the money and not thinking about all the other components, right, you're making financial decisions without the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And nobody likes doing that. So, and I think that's really the differentiator for what I would call true college planning versus just the financial side. Yeah, one of the things that, you know, an analogy that I always use is talking about when somebody goes to buy a house, right? Because you're talking about a large investment. Well, you know, it's usually not a snap decision. Obviously, you know, you need to know what is a fit. How many bedrooms do you need? How many kids do you have? Does it, how many rooms does it have? How many bathrooms does it have? Is it fall within your price range? College is the same concept right do they have the major you want does the price fall within your range do you know how far away from home is it does it fit other emotional you know needs that the student may have um and the, the nice thing is about colleges it's there's a wide variety you know there's a large amount of schools out there that choose from you can find one that is a great fit that does fit the major that you want that it fits in the, the demographic that you're looking for that whether it's a big school the small school whether it's in a city you want to be at a bigger school like a Penn State or a smaller school, you know, a liberal arts school. Again, it, the more research, the more planning that you put into it, the happier you're going to end up being. Again, put that research and that time into it because we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. You should be planning for it, you know, and you should rely on, you know, you might not know everything there is to know and talk to somebody about it that may be able to assist you just like when we're buying a house. We may not know everything. We may not know how to negotiate. And that's why we rely on, you know, certain professionals to guide us. So it's like, hey, I don't want to overpay. I want to find something that fits. College is the same thing. It's a large, 
cash purchase. And again, if you don't play, you know, plan the proper way, that it's really what you brought up in that there's mistakes that can be made from a financial standpoint that could lead to, you know, you're paying your education now with future income, money you haven't earned yet, which can be dangerous. But on the student side, you fall into, okay, well, what if you choose a school that's not right? Now, these kids may want to transfer. What if they didn't have the right major? What if they want to, and we, maybe we're extending the time that we spend in college, which then even hurts more financially. So there really is, is planning. And the nice thing about it, though, is that there's no time that's too soon to start, you know, that type of planning as well. So it's, uh, it's definitely interesting and something that, you know, once I started to fall into this world, I've loved every second of it um, because of how... I won't say complex, but of how detailed it gets, but also providing this to families, look, it's, it's a great feeling. You know, when you can help a family sit there and say, here are the, you know, the 10 schools that fit you and your students as a great fit. You know, here's what they, they have the exactly what they're looking for. And by the way, we can afford this where it's not going to affect you down the road. That's a great feeling to be able to provide somebody with that knowledge and that type of planning. Yeah, and you brought up a great point, and, and I can take that house conversation even a little bit further because, you know, I experienced it myself in 2016. My wife was pregnant with our third child, and my oldest daughter was about to go to kindergarten, and we were not happy with the school district we were in. So we made a financial decision to buy a house. We went through all the conversations you talked about, the bathrooms, the bedrooms, the whole thing. Didn't know we were going to have four kids, mm -hmm. so we bought a house without that extra bedroom, so we had to put that one in. But the idea was that we made a financial decision around education mm -hmm. first. Yeah. We chose the school district we wanted to be in, and then we moved our family into that school district and probably paid a premium for the house and probably mm -hmm. paid more to, to do that. And I think about college and I go, hey man, if how many people out there have made that decision to move to a school district or to move into, or were satisfied with where they were by the school district? You know, when you look at college and you're talking about the financial and, right. and the needs yeah. of house, I also look at the education going, man, I, I made an entire financial decision because of the school district, mm -hmm. which was the baseline for education. So... I think you can you can really assert that the decisions we make around that type of stuff and buying those big things, but also the locations of those things, that all comes in. And if you're not thinking that way for college, right, you're missing the boat on mm -hmm. it. And so I would say I spend in my planning, I probably spend 50% of the time talking about money and 50% of the time talking about college. Yeah. And, you know, that's why we've, we've got counselors and all that stuff that come in and, and really drill into those, those nuanced conversations that need those credentials. Um, and I think it's done the right way. And, and, you know, for anybody listening out there, make sure that someone's doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, I would interview them the same way you interview anybody else. Would you, would you hire the, the first nanny that you interviewed? I mean, I've been through caregivers, nannies, daycares. You know, we, 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 we go from point to point to point making sure that we're giving the right care to our kids. So, you know, these are big financial decisions. These are big academic decisions. Make sure that you're satisfied with the advice you're getting, you know, and we have a list of questions we tell people to ask if they're going out and they're, you know, interviewing someone that says they're going to help them with college. 
um, you know, and first and foremost, there's this, this, I heard a presentation yesterday that was talking about EFC, which is expected family contribution and said, you don't need to know what EFC is when you plan for college. And that's just erroneous. Now, there's also, uh, in the most recent legislation, they've changed the name of EFC. The New York Times article said, EFC's going away. Goodbye to the EFC. Yeah. It's not going away. It's getting its name, <laughs> it's getting its name changed. So it's less offensive, I guess, because it's yeah. an expected family contribution. Um, but that EFC is part of the general makeup of your financial commitment to college. Yes. Yeah. So you should spend some time understanding it. Right? I, I, I've, I've always said, ever since I first learned about it, and that wasn't when I became a financial advisor, unfortunately. Um, it was more what I focused and became a, a college planning specialist. Uh, it's the first step. Because knowing, it, we talked about the private schools and whether they, are, is, are you going to pay $80,000 a year at a private school or are you going to pay fifteen or twenty? Like, the EFC will help you determine what schools are actually going to be in a certain price range or fit within a budget. Um, it's extremely important. I always say it's, it's step one because then you can start to limit and kind of, okay, if our EFC fits within a certain number, now you're going to look at schools that fit within that EFC as being affordable to find now, okay, what schools, as you said, they have the right bedrooms, the right demographic, the right, you know, now these are the schools that we're looking to earn a fit. Just like when you look for a house, what's the first thing? You're, you're talking about what you can afford first. Yep. And then you're narrowing, okay, well, here are the houses that fit within our budget. College should be the same way. And that's, that's what the EFC can, can assist you with in understanding how that works. Um, that's the first step. And then just like anything, you know, when I'm buying a car, whenever I'm making a major purchase, the first conversation I, my wife and I have is what can we afford? And then we go from there. Yeah. You know, that's what the EFC does. And it's fun. It's, it's funny. You brought up the, the schooling, uh, because my wife and I, the house we bought, we got married. I was not in the financial world at the time. I wanted a smaller house, you know, kind of say, Hey, when we have kids, we'll move out. But she was like, well, there's a house that's in the market in this school district I really want and to this day I'll put it on record now because I tell her but I credit her to that decision um, every time I talk about it because I see the value in it now and now I'm gonna have three kids that are raised in this you know fantastic school district and again that was a financial decision years ago but actually before we had kids she was planning ahead she was planning better than I was yeah, and I, so I, I credit her with that. I did not make that. I bought a house when I graduated college, and I bought it in not a good school district. <laughs> and that was part of that decision in 2016, which was like, okay, I, I had a house for 10 years, mm -hmm. no kids. I wasn't married at the time, so mm -hmm. I just wanted to, to invest. And, you know, you, you're, you start to shift. And as you are a, a parent, you know, you're shifting your thought process there. So, again... Uh, we won't belabor it. We're going to end it end it there. But the the general idea behind college planning is it, it's not just money. Money's huge. You got to mm -hmm. understand money. You got to have a good money person behind it. But you also, if they're going to specialize in college, make sure that they specialize in the real things that matter in college, which is school choice and all those things. So, guys, thanks for listening. This has been College Knowledge with Dave Kozak featuring Joe Kearns, our certified college planning specialist. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. On next week's episode of College Knowledge, Dave and Joe speak with John Haller, the Vice President of Enrollment Management at the University of Miami. Look out for more episodes of College Knowledge every Friday, and we'll see you next week.